the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by the Neurology Center of San Antonio and River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, as this is a church that helps people like you find the real life you were created for. Today, Pastor Sean is going to talk about the two things that you're not supposed to talk about, religion and politics. Here's a question for you. Do you pray for your elected officials? politics ever hurt a relationship at work or with someone in your family we hope you can listen to this message from river city community church starting off in luke chapter 20 the series we're in is called the contrarian's guide to real life today's sermon is called the political contrarian which is available as a free download at reallife.org along with the complete podcast of the series again that's at reallife.org but thank you so much for tuning in right now as this is real life radio today i'm going to talk about the political contrarian, and I know some of you just came to see, Sean's going to crash and burn today, so I just want to come and watch the flames. I actually saw some guys over there with popcorn, like, oh, this is going to be good. I've got to see this. That's offsides, okay? Uh, we, I want to talk about the political contrarian, because, folks, we wrestle with this stuff all the time. I mean, this is every day, it's everywhere. I had an experience a couple years ago that, for me, really um, kind of just, it rattled me, honestly, and it illustrated the point perfectly. I was coming back from Chicago. I had been, I had been uh, on business in Chicago. And I was coming back, and I sat next to a guy. He was an African-American gentleman, and he, you know, and I said, hi, pleasantries. And he pulls out a cool phone that I hadn't seen, okay? It was just a, it was like a brand-new phone. I'd never seen one. So I, being a, you know, kind of a tech junkie, start asking him about it. And turns out he works for Motorola, um, and uh, yeah, this is this. These are some of my bodyguards. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and sit there. I saved that spot for you guys, please. Some of our youth worship team. Give the youth worship team a hand, guys. Good to see you coming to church. Love you guys. Um, so I asked him about his phone, and it turns out he works for Motorola. It was a phone that hadn't even been released yet as a prototype, and he's trying it out. So it's kind of cool, and he shows me and talk, talks about it. Turns out we get talking at you know you ask what each other do. Uh, I tell him I'm a pastor and. You know, he's a believer. He's uh, just a very committed believer from a church not far from where I grew up, you know, about 15 minutes from where I grew up. So, you know, he had just gotten back from a missions trip, and God had done some great work in his life, and I had done quite a bit of missions work and had recently been on a missions deal. So, I mean, we were just having this incredible time of fellowship. You know, how you meet someone, it's almost like, okay, we're best friends in like 10 minutes, you know, and we're just enjoying this plane ride and having a great, great time. I swear to you, if I did it, I didn't do it on purpose. I don't even know that I did it. Somebody brought up the subject of politics. Okay? I wasn't looking for that. It was like a bucket of cold water thrown on the conversation. And, I mean, I think it was in the last year. I mean, I don't remember exactly. I believe it was kind of on the tail end of, uh, of George Bush's presidency and 
boy, you know, this guy had some hard things to say and some things, and I had some opinions, and we, we just started talking about it. And, and you know how that happens, how it gets cold and icy in the conversation? And it's, it starts to happen. And, and quite frankly, uh, whereas 10 minutes before we were brothers, we were sharing Jesus, we were sharing about missions and the deepest things in our hearts. He's a dad. I'm a dad. Our kids were compromised. I mean, the deepest things in our lives, we were one. In minutes, uh, he's a black guy from Chicago. I'm a white guy from Texas. And I mean, honestly, it was courteous and pleasant and said, I was rattled. Because I'm like, something happened there. Um, and either one or, or both of us put our politics in front of the things that we would say are the most important things in life. The deeper things are faith, our spirituality. And it was disturbing, you know, and I'm sure it was for him too, because the fellowship was so good and then it got so stiff and we just bumped into this thing and it just illustrated for me this divide that our nation is under. And this divide, if you stop and unpack it, it's kind of scary sometimes because it's like, I can't really see a resolve. I always have hope, but it's almost like you, you see this kind of canyon between the two sides in our culture, if you will, getting wider and wider and wider, and it's just scary. Now, we're in this series, The Contrarian's Guide to Real Life, and, and I'll tell you, we've seen that following Jesus makes you really a contrarian because he's the ultimate contrarian, and it will make you contrarian in almost every area of your life, money, work, marriage, we talked about contrarian wisdom is different than like conventional wisdom. I mean, it really does put you totally at odds. And in this area of politics, maybe more than any other. But we can't shy away from it because folks, it's everywhere. And we bump into it. We got to talk about it. We got to come to terms with this kind of political contrarian issue. Now, I think if we look at this divide... In our nation, we probably would say, and, and people, very few people kind of fall completely in one or completely in the other. They're, they're, they're kind of, you know, anywhere in between. But you could say, all right, liberal, conservative. And here, I want us to buy all the liberals over on this side, all the conservatives move over here, please. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, Is he serious? <laughs> really? Would he do that? But you could say that that's a kind of a broad general divide. And we got people all along the, the spectrum in, in, in our culture, right? In these particular cla- categories, you can have fiscal or monetary liberals and then social liberals. You can have fiscal or monetary policy conservatives, and you can have social conservatives. Now, the terms liberal and conservative are instructive to us. Another term for liberal, by the way, which I think is almost more helpful is progressive because that is more a match to the, the term conservative. A, a conservative, it, it is what it is. It's conserving something. You're conserving something. You're, hold, you're, you're trying to main, hold on to something, okay? A progressive, a liberal or progressive is progressing from something. And so those terms, as so often is the case with, with p- political terms, it all depends on what are you trying to conserve what are you trying to progress from? And that really is instructive. And I just want to say to you, I don't, you know, we got people in this crowd, probably I'm all, all different points of the political spectrum. 
you got to stop and say, okay, where is it that I'm, you know, what is it I'm trying to progress from? What is it I'm trying to conserve? Because the fact is, folks, our politicians aren't necessarily helpful. If that's hurtful to anyone, (laughs) our representative was in here and he just left. Sorry, sorry. No, but really, sometimes they're not. You know, uh, uh, let me let me speak in terms of just generalities. Many people are liberal because they believe liberals have a more caring social or even fiscal policy towards the poor. And their leaders will talk about the poor and what they're going to do for the poor a lot. You better make sure someone's just not buying votes by their all their talk of helping the poor. You better make sure that that person really cares about the poor. To that liberal politician who's wanting to take tax everybody to death and take all their money, and, and he's got six houses, I'm going, which of those six houses are you sharing with the poor? You believe in sharing your resources? Sweet. I think that's a very biblical perspective. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Good. How are you doing with that? You've got multiple homes. Which of them are you sharing with poor people? It's good that you want to take my money to give to the poor, but what about yours? And on, on the other side, <laughs> we, under the social issues... We'll have conservative politicians talk about family values. There's a phrase that I'm just like, dude, that's one of those political phrases, you know. It's like, like under the abortion question, which I'll talk about in a moment. We got pro-choice, pro-life, pro-life, pro-choice. Those phrases are designed to convey something, and, and they really, I, I find sometimes they don't help. They're designed to hide what the real issue, the real issue is this thing that we call abortion. Let's talk about it, because I don't know many people who are anti-life or anti-choice, okay? But we throw these phrases around. And, and, and this issue of, of family values, okay? Do you mean traditional Judeo-Christian ethics? Well, that's a good thing. I'm in favor of the biblical morality. Yes, good things. Politician, are you? is that something important to you? Because if it is, it should kind of reflect in your life, you know, a bit. Or are you just trying to get votes by saying what you think your constituency wants to hear? That's the problem. See, when it comes down to it, folks, wherever you fall on this, the problem with our political process today is it generally comes down to, I am either progressing to something because I think it will help me. You got to be careful what you progress from. If you call yourself a liberal, be careful. Because if you're always progressing from everything, including traditional morals, values, laws, things like that, you can get yourself caught up in lawlessness where you say, gee, no, no law, but mine, I get to define what right and wrong is in my life every time. And conservative, be careful. You can say, gee, I want to keep the government small. I want to keep the government from taxing us to death. Well, that's great. But one of the reasons we, we do say, gee, we don't want the government to tax us because when the government spends too much money, who do they come after for it? They come after us, and if you're not careful, you're, all your politics can be about hanging on to your stuff, hanging on to what you got because it's working for you, and you can very easily fall into selfishness. In fact, that's really the deal. All of our politics tend to be about what's in it for me. What's in it for me? And you're like, and the problem with that is? Yeah, good point. Get to the good stuff. That's a problem for the contrarian follower of Jesus. You're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, and we want to thank you for listening right now, as this program would not be possible were it not for the generous support from the Neurology Center of San Antonio and Dr. Ann Bass. Located at 1314 East Sonterra, Suite 601, 
The phone number is 490-0016. And again, we say thank you so much to Dr. Ann Bass. We'll be right back in one minute with more of this message called The Political Contrarian. And this is Real Life Radio. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to invite you to a new series of messages beginning on September 11th. It's called Downgraded, Embracing Financial Reality. Our nation recently went through a financial downgrade that has shocked our markets as well as a whole lot of people. Financial problems aren't just a government thing. They impact individuals and families as well. We're going to address the things that got us here as well as some great biblical wisdom that will get us out. River City is a church for real life, and this topic is as real life as it gets. Don't miss this series of messages called Downgraded, Embracing Financial Reality, starting on September 11th. River City is located one half mile inside of 1604 on Redland Road and Jones Maltzberger. Sunday service times are 8, 9.30, 11.15, and of course our 111 Coffee House service. At 11.15, we even have translation headsets for our Spanish-speaking friends. River City is a multi-site church and also has campuses in New Braunfels and Northwest San Antonio. Go to reallife.org for more information, and we'll see you on the road to real life. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, and this is Real Life Radio. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 20, verse 20 through 26. Luke chapter 20, 20 through 26. In it, the critics and enemies of Jesus were told were keeping a close watch on him. They sent spies. Listen, they sent spies who pretended to be honest. They were politicians. No, I'm sorry. That was not. There are honest politicians. I'm not saying they're not. Aren't any. Don't quote me on that. We're not recording this. It's, oh, my gosh. They sent spies who pretended to be honest. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him. Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Oh, dear Lord. They're kind of piling it on thick, don't you think? Be careful about those who come with like, you know, wonderful compliments and platitudes too much, okay? We know that you teach what is right and you don't show partiality, but teach the ways of God in accordance with truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? There's a crowd around, a crowd that basically felt Caesar taxed them unjustly. There's Roman citizens, Roman soldiers walking by, and they've got Jesus in their trap. And they're patting themselves on the back. That was brilliant. Because how is he going to answer no matter what he says? If he says... It's right to pay tax to Caesar. He's going to alienate most of his crowd. If he says it's wrong to pay tax to Caesar, he's immediately going to be in trouble with the government. So Jesus, in his very cool Jesus way, we were told he saw through their duplicity and he said to them, show me a denarius, the first century coin, a Roman coin. So they hand him one. He looks at it. Whose portrait and inscription is on it? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. He said, toss it in when they catch it. And they're... In your face! Oh! Give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God's what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he'd said there in public and astonished by his answer, they became silent. Oh, that's just good. You just have to appreciate that. Give to Caesar... What does Caesar give to God? What is God? And what is so beautiful is the illustration he's making. Here's the image of Caesar on this coin. It's just money. 
Give Caesar his due. But if Caesar's image is on this coin, whose image is God on? Because standing right there in front of him, here's a little image of Caesar. And the scripture says God created male and female, both of them in his image. Give Caesar the coin he's due. Don't worry about it. God's your provider. But give to God what is God's. And the image of God is right here in these chairs in this room. It's a powerful statement. Now, before I, I really uh, get to that part, I want to I talk about giving Caesar his due. Okay? Giving Caesar his due. Because the Scripture believes in a proper submission to authority, whether that is healthy authority or even unhealthy authority. Because there's only one perfect authority in the universe, right? That's God's. Every other authority, the Scripture says, is delegated, comes from Him, and is imperfect because it's people now listen to what paul wrote in romans 13 1 through 7 it says everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities there is no authority except that which god has established the authorities that exist have been established by god consequently it's a very important the authorities exist have been established by god and understand he has no kind of people to work with but imperfect ones so that doesn't mean only perfect authority is established by god Authority in itself is established. And if authority exists, it has been allowed to exist by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Rulers hold no terror to those who do what is right, but those who do what is wrong. You want to be freed from fear of the one in authority? Then do what's right. He'll commend you, for he's God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he doesn't bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Uh, by the way, that's a very important principle. Government has the right and the responsibility to use force to stop lawbreakers. That's what the scripture's talking about, a sword. They have the right and the responsibility. Very different from vigilantism, an individual taking that authority on their own right and trying to use force to bring about what they want. But government, we're told, is established by God, is given the right to use force to stop lawbreakers. It's a very important idea. Uh, verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, revenue. If respect, respect. If honor, then honor. Please understand. Um, Paul is under the Roman Empire. <laughs> He's writing to the church at Rome. So we're talking about an authority that a lot of people said, but, but wait a minute. Sometimes they don't seem just. Sometimes they're not right. Sometimes they're selfish. Sometimes they're self-serving and they're overtaxing and they're downright corrupt. Paul says you're still under that government. And understand, that government is under God. And what he's saying is God sees. God knows. Now, when Jesus says give to Caesar what is Caesar, he's giving us a principle... Paul wrote this to Timothy. He said, I urge you then, first of all, that request 
prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and for those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. What that means is if you happen to love the person who is residing in the White House right now, pray for them. Be submitted to their leadership. Pray for them. If you can't stand the person who's in the White House right now, pray for them. Be submitted to their authority. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. Wherever you are, as far as your politics and your opinion, you don't have to agree with everything that the government says or does. And we're going to see in a moment there's even a time... If the government veers so far and begins to violate God's laws where you have a responsibility to stand up and say it's wrong and walk out the consequences of that. But the point is, we just got to be real careful because it is such the norm in our culture to be politically derogatory and caustic. And folks, we all get caught up into it. And it's so popular. Our kids pick it up. Fact is, Scripture says we should pray for those leaders. The good ones and the bad ones. The ones you love, the ones not so much. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, Jesus said. But then he said, give to God what is his, and that's us. And what that means, folks, Jesus is establishing a principle. There are human governments, but there's a higher government, and you belong to it. You belong to God. He created us. He redeemed us. We are his. And that changes things. Look at what Jesus, this conversation Jesus had in John 18, beginning at verse 33. It's with Pilate, who is the Roman kind of prefect, the the leader over Israel. Right before Jesus is crucified. Pilate actually didn't want to crucify Jesus. He's like, I I don't get it. I'm not into your religious laws. This guy didn't seem so bad to me. I mean, that's really Pilate's kind of whole thing. He's not courageous enough to stand up and say, I'm not going to do it. Because he's a politician. And he's got to live with these religious leaders who also had a political role. So he's kind of vacillating and trying to just find a safe middle ground. Pilate was really worried about Pilate. But this conversation with Jesus is interesting. John 18, beginning at 33. Pilate then went back inside the palace. He summoned Jesus. He asked him, are you king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did did others talk to you about me? Good question. Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Listen to what Jesus says. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. His kingdom, his servants. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. See, Jesus says, I have a kingdom from another place. He's talking about a higher kingdom. Earthly authority is real. It's just not all that's real. Earthly authority matters. It's just not the ultimate authority. 
There's a higher kingdom. Now, I had an t- opportunity a, a few years back to spend some time with Tony Campolo, Christian author, speaker, great communicator, um, a sociologist, a brilliant guy. And I asked him, I was actually taking him to the airport at a conference. So I had him trapped. And, you know, what, am I going to let him have some rest and a break? No. <laughs> I love this guy. So I just, I, I asked him some questions. And one of the things I, I asked is, it is, what would you say to the church? What's your word kind of, what would you like to say to the church if you could have the whole church just kind of listen for five minutes? And he, he didn't hesitate. He said, stop being the political or the religious arm of a political party. Stop being the religious arm of a political party. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And let me just say to you, whether you are a black Baptist church in Chicago or a white Baptist church in Dallas, that's godly counsel. Stop being the religious arm of a political party. We are part of a higher kingdom. We have something more eternal. We are called to be followers of Jesus. And when we sell our souls, we kind of align ourselves. We allow ourselves to be a a, a constituency for a political figure. Folks, we start, we're not making deals. And that's where compromise comes from. When we stop following Jesus, we start following the path of expediency so we can kind of have our little seat at the table, if you will. Here's my point. If you're taking notes, write it down. My politics should serve the kingdom, not the other way around. My politics should serve the kingdom, not the kingdom serving my politics. You've been listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, as next week Pastor Sean will continue the conversation on the political contrarian. If you can't wait until next week, you can go to reallife.org right now and podcast the entire message and series. But you're more than welcome to visit River City Community Church located at the corner of Jones-Maltzberger and Redland Road, about a half mile inside Loop 1604 on the north side of San Antonio. And for more details, directions, and service times, again, just go to reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and underwritten this week by Dr. Ann Bass of the Neurology Center of San Antonio. And please join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com